Dermot and Dave. Conversation, crack, and the music you love. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. You might know her as the host of the hugely successful The Good Glow podcast. We know her as Georgie Crawford. Hello, Georgie. Hi. You guys make me want to return to radio. <laughs> I love coming in to well, see you. Yeah, the first place we ever met, of course, was in radio, where we worked in two different radio stations. They're in the same building. Welcome to the world of radio. We're all sisters in one way or another. Um, yeah, and that's how we know you for for years. I know, and I listen to your show all the time, and you make me laugh, so thanks for all the laughs well, along the way. Thank you for listening. We're delighted. That's the whole point of us, I suppose. Yeah. Other than Dermot's stories about doing <laughs> knickers in the airports. Well, it's not not as if you're not presenting, you know, because you have one of the biggest podcasts in the country, The Good Glow, phenomenal success. And now you have the book, uh, Glow, uh, which I guess has been waiting to be birthed for a long time. How does it feel to have a number one bestseller across all genres? We oh. must point that out because oh these things are very gosh. important. Thank you so much. Yeah, I suppose I, I, I took so long to write the book and I was just me, myself and I in Starbucks in Dundrum mm. uh, listening to the Gypsy Kings at like volume 100. <laughs> um, I think that's an amazing way to live your life listening yeah. to the Gypsy Kings at that your, level. Your inspiration yeah. do they get you going? Yeah, really. I, I love the Gypsy Kings. And the lighter! I've been to that totally. Yeah. yeah, I dance around my kitchen to them. So yeah, I suppose to put it out into the world was very different and I felt vulnerable and but it's been received so well and people are so supportive and so kind. So, yeah, I've, well, it, I've really enjoyed it. It makes sense because, you know, you touch on so many different topics on your podcast that to have it all sort of corralled into one easy thing that people can follow, a little guide for their own lives, it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think what I love about a book sometimes is to just have it on your bedside locker and just open it and see what page it lands on. Mm. And I think there's so much in my book that you can really do that like what 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 will I read today yeah. it can be just a paragraph because you like you have been through a lot and you've learnt a lot about life but about yourself as well so then to be able to put that down into a forum that as you said somebody can open up and share an experience that you've had and what you've learned from that the lesson you've learned that's really important yeah well I suppose I've been asked to write a book before but I didn't feel like I was ready and then I went off for four years and I'm speaking to people like Wim Hof Oprah's life coach Jerry Hussey all of these amazing thought leaders Mel Robbins and uh, it finally felt time to kind of take what I've learned from them and my life experience and just put it all into Mm -hmm. one place yeah I'm conscious that there you know most people will know who your story a lot of our listeners mightn't though it might, might be new to the whole Georgie Crawford uh, journey so could you just in a nutshell just remind us what the last five or six years have looked like for you yeah so I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2017 I just had a baby I worked in radio um, all I wanted was this promotion <clears throat> excuse me and I, I, I really put all of my effort into that for so many years and I was just had one focus and through that I suppose the rest of my life fell apart. I didn't even notice. So when I got diagnosed with cancer, I finally stopped. I started to look at my life from the outside in and all I wanted to do was survive. And I said, if I survive this, things are going to be different for me because I don't just want to stay alive for Jamie and my daughter and my family. I actually, oh, whoa, this is so weird. I actually want to stay alive for me and I love myself. Mm. And You talk about a moment where your inner voice changed at that time, that you you realise that that this little voice suddenly started rooting for you. Yeah, and that was weird because I'd ignored my inner world for so many years Mm. and I started to say, like, what could I do? And, you know, what if I... 
what if I don't have to be the same person that I was for all of those years? What, who do I want to be today? And I started to like jog or uh, go for a little sea swim. I just completed the New York half marathon in March. And I started to go on a journey and just put one foot in front of the other and just open my mind to new things. And as I was standing at the finish line in Central Park in March, I was like, why did I count myself out of this life for so long and all the things that I Mm. had the potential to do, but didn't believe in myself enough? Do you think that maybe you can ask yourself that question again in three years or every day or in five years? You know what I mean? Like that you've now got the life that you've got right now, but can you open yourself to more? Yeah, because when I was um, running through Times Square, it was like mile 12 of the New York half. And I was like, I'll never do a full marathon. I'd never be able for it. And uh, we're quite friendly with Greg O'Shea. And he texts and he's like, let's do a full marathon. <laughs> and my go-to would be like, no way. But then I said... Why? Why? Why say no? Why limit it? Yeah. I may feel like no right now, but so I just wrote back and I said maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough, isn't it? Yeah. That's enough. Yeah. Uh, don't eat the burnt potato. Explain that to us. Yeah, this this story in the book has really taken off and I have like little short little stories, just metaphors that people can really apply to their life. So I suppose for 10 years, Jamie, my husband, had been diagnosed with MS. My whole life centered around his health. And, you know, we didn't actively do that, but that's just the way we were inclined. And so if there was a burnt bit of the dinner, I'd eat it because I wanted to keep him well. Mm. But when I was in my recovery and I was going through chemotherapy, I was like, how did I expect to stay well eating burnt food for so many years? And um, it's really for, for anyone out there who puts everyone else before them. You can't survive and you can't thrive if you're eating the burnt potato. And people-pleasing is a part of that whole thing as well, isn't it? That we tend to will say yes or, or, or no to things that we feel actually will just please the other person or we're not doing things that actually we really want to do. Yeah, and I heard this great thing a couple of years ago that usually the eldest child is the adult pleaser. And I was definitely an adult pleaser when I was younger. Um, and then I turned into a people pleaser. So I just wanted everyone else to be happy with me. But I didn't care if I was happy within myself no. because what other people thought of me was more important. So I suppose for so many years, I just operated in this outer world and abandoned my inner world. But actually, when I started to focus on myself and invest, in myself everything in the outer world started to get better so look no one's life is perfect I'm, I know you and I know you're not sitting on the radio today going I've got all the answers I've got all the secrets you're just you're telling your story but what do you do what does Georgie do when stuff does get hard now today whatever about what you've managed to do before but what type of things do you reach for that will help you get out of your own head or whatever it is you need to do. Yeah, so before I would just hide under a blanket or go mm. to bed. But I think through getting to know myself over the last couple of years, I have these sort of toolkits. So uh, I'll get into the sea, which is like the first time every time. You know, I'm very dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> You've never done this before. Yeah. So I'll I get did into that the- yesterday. There was two teenage girls swimming around and I got in. I was like, ah! Oh, oh! <laughs> And I just turn to them and go, sorry, all these noises are, are involuntary. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I know, we get it. We just made them. Yeah, so like get into the sea, like go hug a tree, you know, you, whatever. Like. <laughs> these are the things you <laughs> yeah, do, genuinely. Yeah. Music is a big thing for you, isn't it? Yeah, so uh, a, couple of, a couple of, maybe it was last year, Jamie said, 
oh, like you don't dance in the kitchen anymore. And that really, I really heard that when he said it because for my whole life, I was always like kind of shimmying around the kitchen. And I think in my recovery, like I started to take life very seriously and I wanted to stay well and I was on this kind of self-development journey. And I think sometimes if you go too far down that you kind of lose a little part of yourself and I heard this great thing recently you know we're all trying to be our best self but who's your favorite self connect with that person and actually my favorite self is the person who's dancing around the kitchen so now I actively try to bring that into my life and are there any songs in particular that you love dancing around the place to uh, I like Groove Armada, yeah. but I feel good. I like uh, Gypsy Kings, obviously. Obviously, the Gypsy Kings, <laughs> not stop. It, would, this, would this be one for you? Turn up the music, turn down the lights. Bit of Lizzo every now and again? Oh, yes. Yeah. All right. Love it. Good to hear. What about uh, Sia? Look, you're, you're invol- involuntarily bopping around the studio mm-hmm. now, so this is the person you wanted to get back. Yeah. Your favourite version and, of yourself. Yeah, and it, it's to connect with that fun side of yourself and just live your life. Um, speaking of living your life and uh, maybe bringing in new life, uh, did we hear that baby number two is on the way? Yes, uh, we are expecting a baby through surrogacy. It is just beyond. We have a six-year-old, so, you know, at least once a week, myself and Jamie look at each other and we're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Yeah, there is that. The sleepless nights are returning, but I say to Jamie, because we were together now, I'm like, oh, well, at least I have help this time around. You're going to be here, yeah, Jamie. So we'll share the together. night feeds. Well, yeah. t- tell us a little bit about the journey, though, because this surrogacy journey that you're on hasn't been without its own issues. Yeah, it was. Uh, we were due to do an embryo transfer the week of the Ukrainian war, which was absolutely shocking like I think I spent 18 hours a day on the couch just looking at the news in horror um, just everyone we, who we'd worked with in Ukraine you know? sorry we should say that there was, it was in the Ukraine you were going to do this embryo yeah. transfer yeah. And, and the people who we worked with were our main priority like obviously our journey everything got cancelled but our thoughts were with them and I think you know along with the rest of the world just couldn't believe that this was happening in this day and age and that it's still happening you know so um it took about six months i was actually speaking to oprah's life coach uh, a couple of weeks later and she said like you need you can't make a decision when you're in grief or you're in a bad time you need to process so that kind of gave me permission to just just put it on the long finger, yep. I suppose, and get my head around it. And then we restarted um, at the end of last year. We did an embryo transfer on my birthday, which was a complete coincidence. And I found out that we were expecting um, at a, a sunrise sunset or sunrise sea swim in Sandy Cove. Uh, I just got the text when I was about to mm. jump in the sea. So <laughs> with Trisha's transformation. <laughs> did, you, did you jump in with gusto that morning? Yeah, I hugged Trisha's transformation before my husband. <laughs> She's like, I have to be the godmother now, right? I was like, yeah, I think so. That's amazing. Oh, that's so so cool. do, you, do you have a date, a due date? Yes, uh, end of September, yeah, early September, October. October. So okay. uh, I'll be calling on a few helping hands. Well, we wouldn't yeah. know anything about raising kids. We've only got seven between us. We don't know anything about those lads at all. <laughs> We're still learning. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, Georgie, the book is Glow. Um, people can get it everywhere. The Good Glow podcast still going from strength to strength. Yeah, and uh, our Soul Sisters spin-off, which we have great crack Yourself on. and Claire Solon. Mm-hmm. Brilliant podcast. I love that one. You'll yeah. have to come on as special guests sometimes. We'd love that. Yeah, yeah two duos. 
Yeah. Two duos together. Um, but look, it's an, another amazing success story for you. Um, we know how much hard work goes into these things. You know, it doesn't just happen. Uh, but I think it's your passion for this whole area that um, has brought so many people to you. So I think they're obviously going to run out and get the book now and, and uh, take some of your valuable information. Georgie Crawford, author of Glow and from the Good Glow podcast. Thanks for chatting to us this morning. Thanks for the support. Dermot and Dave. Weekdays from 9am. Today.